Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, y'all, it's Elizabeth, and we are back. Now, this season, we're diving into various topics on recovering community and human dignity in a post-pandemic world. But first, like always, we need to cover some of the headlines and big movies and music from this summer. First off, Chelsea, Adam, Tamarcus, how y'all doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. Doing and great. it's so great to be in this room with you guys and to have Chelsea on the mic. Come on. She's always behind the scenes, but I whenever we get to talk to her. These. Yeah, I love Ginger. it. I know it's like a special, like. It's a treat. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. Well, I'm the only one that saw Barbie, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> she put us all out Represent. there. Represent. Right <laughs> we were going to wait for that, Chelsea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump right into it. And we're going to start with uh, music. And Tamarcus, you've been listening to a couple of new releases, so What's been on your radar? What's good? What is interesting? What you've been hearing? Man, I the one that I have most recently been on that really has captured my whole household is KB's new album, uh, His Glory Alone 2. What's, what's dope about it, if you didn't hear the episode when we recorded with him a little bit ago, uh, he was talking about, you know, working on it and finishing it. So I had been anticipating... <laughs> <laughs> what he was, you know, what he had cooking up, and it was worth the wait. Mm. It just was nice. worth worth the wait. It's all the things you love, the like, you know, just the um, what do you want to call it? Like the hymns that that just turn into like a banger. Mm-hmm. Like he's just mm-hmm. so good at that. Mm. Of, and then bring bringing it back, he does. He has one on there, uh, graves. So you know, you turn uh, mm-hmm. great. Oh, dude, graves in the gardens, and then it, there's just a like a reprise at the end that gives me chills. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he did. He did his thing in the album. If you haven't heard it yet, you should check it out. That's it's awesome. 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 Mm. Highlights in terms of songs. Any that you'd anywhere you'd start. Uh, Graves, fire. The song. So it's been out already. A single. Um, but uh, King Jesus with him and No Big Deal. Okay. Mm. And then right after that, he has another song, Easy. Oh, he's got a line. He says. Um, he said, uh, I was willing to die for this, uh, so canceling is easy. Like, I think there's been mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for like, oh, like, if you keep going about the way you are and standing on mm-hmm. stuff, you know, rather than this music, is podcast, like, they'll cancel you. And he's like, yeah, probably. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm like i I'm willing to die for mm-hmm. King Jesus. Like, I'm cool if they, like, cancel me on Twitter. Like, wow. wow. I don't know. I just, he's just that's so awesome. unapologetic. Mm-hmm. And that's super refreshing. Also, there is a, there's a song called Daddy. That he writes, you know, his his relationship with his dad is, you know, been a strain. I'm just saying, if you empathize with that in any way, that song will get you. Could be triggering, depending <laughs> yeah, on. I was how, gonna say trigger warning. Trigger just, warning. Yeah, trigger just, warning. Just be prepared. <laughs> uh, it could, I've heard people say like that song caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but it is be- it is a beautiful song mm-hmm. as well. Any other one? My music. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's some you know it's a it's a hot take just because for multiple reasons I think one of the biggest things so Travis Scott released a new album 
He also released a film that goes with the album. And obviously, if I mean, just quick snippet. If you don't remember, he had a whole ordeal with his, uh, sh- uh, what do you, not show, but what do you call it? Music festival, Astro World mm-hmm. in Houston. And so this is, this is kind of his first thing since all of that controversy, which uh, for, for the most case, you know, after investigation, they kind of found like, oh, like he actually wasn't like culpable of, is culpable the right word? Yeah. Uh, Basically, just a reminder, like a fan was dying in the crowd or something like were, that. Well, a, a few people yeah, passed away. Yeah. And like the accusations the was really like, bad. yeah, like, oh, like he didn't stop the show and he was just watching mm-hmm. people suffer. And it's like actually going back, looking at recordings, like he stopped the show multiple times. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get people on there. And so there was, yeah, there was a, a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. But this was his first kind of like return back. So there were a lot of people who felt like, you know, should he or like should the album have felt more like this way or that way? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, I feel like what a I don't know, it seems like a lot of artists that I've been listening to lately, like it's a lot it's different than stuff he's put out in the past and is much more introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I what I've realized about him as an artist, um, you know, he did a he did a concert on Fortnite one time that was like insane. But like it's so on par. He's he's best the more like senses he can engage with. Like mm-hmm. his, he's not like, if you're like a lyrical guy, like he's not the the best at that in my opinion. But in terms of like engaging your senses holistically to communicate a story, he does really well. And I felt like in his- um, So the, the film you would say is yeah, where the, to- the Yeah, the film, like the album is like, oh, like this is great, you work out, you'll, you know, hit your PR. Yeah. It's, you know, he's a great producer. <laughs> But it's like the film, I feel like, really communicates what he's Hmm. getting at, which is I think a lot of it is him wrestling with, you know, he's kind of made a a race to fame and he's, you know, he built the thing Astroworld and, you know, all that came from it and all Hmm. of the backlash and all of the hurt and all of the pain and then even just like familial struggle. And it almost is like he comes to the end and it's like, yeah, like, is this everything? There's There's a picture that he posted that I feel like captures it. And it's like the front of a magazine and it's kind of like him, you know, kind of distorted. And it says um, that uh, this that this world is actually dystopian. Like it's because the album's called Utopia. But he's like, it's not actually Utopia now. He was like, that's later. And he was like, what we think is the end is the beginning or something like that. And it's, I don't know, it's really thought provoking. Like this. Mm-hmm whatever journey he's on but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it sounds um, almost christ haunted you know how we'll talk about things where it's like maybe this dude's not a christian but he's there are themes exactly that are popping up and questions that he's wrestling with Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that's 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 a great word great way to put it christ haunted i've actually heard somebody say that they're like this is like eerily hopeful Mm -hmm. um and i was like yeah that that feels like what what's happening so wow there's that that's cool okay Thanks. Mm-hmm. You're like our hip hop in residence expert. You know, that is. I'm here for it. That's high praise. I was about to say, <laughs> that feels real good. I, can we just make that my title? <laughs> <Yeah, That's... laughs> hip hop expert. Thank you. You have just heard from Tamarcus, our resident hip hop uh, mm-hmm. expert. Expert. Yep. Theologian. I'll put that on my name tag. We're going to get you a little badge and a t shirt. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Barbie. Mm. Anybody got thoughts about that? Barbenheimer? Oppen Barbie? <laughs> How else can you mash those together? Um, well, it was a big excellent. summer for movies. 
you guys. There was a lot of a lot of movies coming out. It feels like everything post pandemic came out this year. <laughs> yes. Well, you yeah, just like celebrate is kind of back. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I personally went to a lot of movies this summer. Um, I've seen a lot, and Barbie was one. Oppenheimer was one. But I think I'm the only one that officially saw Barbie. So I would say uh, what was interesting to me about it, um, there's a lot of biblical imagery. Greta Gerwig directed and wrote it, and she she's said that she intentionally did that. It's mm-hmm. all very um, – she grew up Catholic, and so there's a lot there that she kind of pulled from for the story. And so there's kind of this like Eden and like fallen, fallen Eden, fallen world, going into the world and trying to like – restore that world back to what it was but they actually create something new and what's interesting to me is that it feels like both sides of the spectrum kind of had problems with the movie and so there's like a side of people who are like oh it's super feminist and it's anti-man and then there's another side that's like it's not feminist enough Mm -hmm. and she kind of landed in the middle and i just think that's really cool and i think she um she's probably one of my more like more interesting directors out there, writer directors. Like I just think there's some interesting stuff coming out of her and her career is, is on a cool track. Yeah. She, mm. I love her films. I, and know. I think she's like a, there are th- top three women directors right now. Yeah. Or oh, something. Well, yeah. I mean the, the stats on her, it's like the Barbie hit a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's Crazy. like the, so she's there for the most, um, what what am I trying? The most uh, income or income, whatever profit. For pro- movie, yeah, yeah, profit for a movie. Women's director. So yeah, I mean she's been really successful. She is married to a great director too, named mm-hmm. Noah Baumbach. Yeah, and they um, co-wrote it. Yeah, they they will write together, which is super cool. But she's she did Little Women. Mm-hmm. She did mm-hmm. Frances Ha. She's done like a lot of yeah. great films, uh, mm-hmm. and she's a great actress too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. if yeah. you're in, if you like taking deep dives, like yeah. Greta Gerwig, just check her out. She does great cool. stuff. Yeah. And then the movie, there's a lot in it that feels. I saw an interview with her. She's talking about all the influence for the movie and like a lot of the influences on the set and everything was very old Hollywood. Mm. And so I was just watching it and also kind of marveling at, at everything. It's like the Barbie world that they created is all real. Like it's backdrops and it's like how you would have done in an old studio film. Mm. She pulled a lot of that like technology. I use that loosely. Uh, to create those scenes. And so that was like really cool to just see. It's interesting to me that a film that people are surprised that a film about a toy Mm. that has had so much cultural impact is controversial. It's it's like the toy itself has been controversial. It's been written about by feminists. It's been written about by anti-feminists. Like Barbie is a sort of a cultural icon Mm -hmm. that carries with it all this meaning. And so I know some people are just like, and I'm one of them is like, can I just watch a comedy? That's a comedy. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need like, wait, I I watched a, a comedian talking about like, it feels like, Fewer and fewer comedies are coming out these days because mm-hmm. obviously post-COVID the studios don't make as many mm-hmm. and uh, there'll be like two a year. And he's like, there's always some hidden meaning. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Am I supposed to stop eating meat? Or like, is that about, <laughs> was that about global warming? Yeah, it's yeah, a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I, I know some people might think about it like with yeah. this movie, but it's like, no, 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 no. Barbie is itself, in itself is this cultural icon that demands commentary yeah. and nuance. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's not surprising has to me. Controversy yeah, it has controversy it. Yeah. around it. It's on it. brand. Yeah. yeah, it is on brand. And, and then ultimately the movie is really like um, a picture of 
of like humanity and mm-hmm. it has this like really central question of like what does it mean to be human mm-hmm. and um and so it's just it's yeah i mean it's told through the story of a toy but hot um, hot it's fun let me ask you this so it's mm-hmm. like we've read some articles on it that i think have been really helpful my mm-hmm. wife saw it really enjoyed it mm-hmm. um for those who like one article basically said like i get that some people not everybody should see the movie. I get that some people aren't going to see it and that's yeah. okay. Do you think people who are like, this is anti-man, do you think that's an oversimplistic view of the movie? Yes. Yeah. I think if I've, I've heard some of those arguments and I feel like what those people are going in with is going in with their own opinion. Right. And then watching the movie with that lens. If you really try to watch for what she's saying, I think the ultimate thing is that men and women do come back together. Right. And there's like the world that they create. Spoiler. I don't know. Most people have seen it. Uh, The world that they create is like trying to not diminish either sex. Right. Right. It's like part of the, I mean, what I know is part of the film is like, in Barbie land, mm-hmm. Ken is only an accessory yes. to mm-hmm. Barbie. So men as an accessory doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In the real world at times, and I think mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. has been guilty of this too, women are seen only as an accessory, mm-hmm. accessory in a sense to, to men. And it's like neither world, neither good. of that's going to work. And so as a church that, like our church here at Citizens is complementarian, mm-hmm. but what that, whether you agree with it or not, that's not the argument of either side. It's saying that both men and women serve distinct, unique, beautiful, mm-hmm roles that lead to human flourishing. Mm-hmm. Neither one's an accessory to each and their other. their value yes. is not based on their it, Not tied to role. that. No, not tied to that their at usefulness all. usefulness to the, yeah. to the other. No, yeah. exactly. No, yeah. that on their own as a distinct human being, they're each made in God's image and they each have value. But it also proposes a world that we need each other. Men and yes. women actually yeah. need each other, you know, and the, the central theme we talk about in here is like mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. And so I think you're yeah. saying you, yeah. you saw a rejection of men as accessory mm-hmm. and a rejection of women as, as right. accessory. And that's part of what the movie's about. And to yeah. me, that seems yeah. like a redemptive message. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's also like a moment, one of, uh, last thing I'll say, one of my favorite moments, I like tear up. I saw it twice and I teared up both times. Um, she like sits, there's this moment where she's in the real world. She's Barbie. Um, and she's sitting on a park bench or something and then this old woman's there and she's kind of wrinkly and older looking and she's come from barbie land which is perfect everyone's perfect she's perfect and she looks at her and she's like you're so beautiful Mm. and the old woman's like you are too and it's just there's like something to that i think at the heart of the story that greta wrote that's like um all the flaws all the pain all the things all of that is a part of being human and we can all relate to each other mm. no matter the age and sex and everything. And so I think that moment just is like really telling. And that's kind of when that moment in the movie is like when it sort of shifts to the the heart of everything to me. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Well, I'm excited to see. Do you want me to jump on a soapbox about Oppenheimer? Absolutely. Uh, I will take <laughs> two minutes. I would just say, take five. Um, here's the thing about Oppenheimer. The critiques I've heard is that it's really boring. It is a long it's movie. Long. It's it's definitely a long movie, and there are certainly slow scenes. Terry, so, gotta Terry. Yeah, that's it. Well, and but you know, it's a Christopher Nolan film, and he's the guy who did the Batman trilogy, Dark Knight, mm-hmm. all that. He, I think, he did Dunkirk, and yep. and um, what's the one that just came out? Uh, Tenet or something yeah. like that. So Interstellar. Interstellar. His best so, work. Yes. 
So, and uh, the other one, in, uh, Inception. Yep. So, uh, all, think of all those. Think of how they're usually fast-paced. There's a lot of action. You know, there are cerebral moments, but it's typically, like, mm-hmm. that's the shorter part. I would say this is his least action-packed mm-hmm. because it is a, you know, it's a biography. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a, uh, or a biopic. It's a, it's a, a There's movie. a lot of time to cover. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of time to cover. So, it's about a three-hour film. So, that's enough preface about how it can be a little slow. But I think the subject matter is what was so fascinating to me. You basically have... A man in a time, men and women in a time in the world that people did great and terrible things because mm-hmm. that's what the moments demanded. And so if you think about it, like if you just watch the film, I'll just name some people for those who are science nerds uh, <laughs> who are in it. It's got Richard Feynman, Nobel Prize winning scientist in it, Einstein, Oppenheimer, Lawrence, who's uh, Lawrence Livermore Labs and all these like he's a he's a Nobel Prize winning um, scientist as well. You have like the greatest minds in science all Mm -hmm. getting together to work on Fermi, uh, all these guys all coming together to work on a terrible project that they thought was necessary for the world to do. And I think Mm. here's what's interesting. They ushered in the atomic age in two years, basically two or three years. Mm -hmm. And if you think about cultural impact, most giant technological innovations take longer time period. Mm-hmm. But because of the war, it accelerated something. And so I think just watching it, you see the world on the precipice of a new age, mm-hmm. nuclear power, mm-hmm. nuclear weapons, the 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 beginning of this insane age we call the Cold War, war, where the most logical minds on the universe stood with their hands hovering over a button waiting to annihilate the whole world. Mm-hmm. When you think about that, when it could have, you know, when you mm-hmm. think about that, it's insane. And you get to see the whole genesis of it through a very complex and complicated figure. And it strikes me, it struck me in two ways. One, you have the, it's an v- interesting character study. The acting is profound and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you have a time period where it just doesn't feel like it happens anymore, hmm. meaning all these minds gathered together in one place to do something. The moment demanded it, and that was strange, <laughs> you know, a strange thing to look into. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, and this is where I, it's my hot take, I feel like we're standing on a similar precipice now as it stands with AI. I don't think the figures are the same. I don't think the moment will be as ossified. I don't think it'll happen as quickly and come together Mm -hmm. like it did then because there's not a war in the background. I think it'll be slower. There could be, right? There could be moments. But I do think where this technology will most likely change the world as much as, you know, the nuclear age did. In some ways, I think the whole internet age which you could argue similarly, yeah. so mm-hmm. social media phones is all building up to this moment, the singularity, mm-hmm. you know, to use. Yeah. And so I actually, looking back, both thought, man, the world isn't like that anymore, you know. And at the same time, I thought the world's about to be exactly like this. And mm-hmm. he's using the mm-hmm. atom bomb to, which is a singularity, you know, as an event to to maybe prefigure something that could be happening soon yes. so anyways it's maybe that's just some some deep thoughts on it but it, it is it's a good it really is a good movie that mm-hmm. you'll be happy you watched mm-hmm. you'll probably only watch it one time you know yeah, it's probably yeah. that kind of film as yeah, you were he, talking about it yeah. it made me feel like maybe that's some of the gen- i mean i haven't seen it that i want to mm-hmm. but it's like that's some of the genius to like it being slow like yes. it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's just this monotonous thing 
right. these guys who like, you know, we kind of all know about them and they're like yeah, coming yeah. together and, and it's like, but then look at what like came. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Just like, mm. oh, like you, like you fell asleep on that part of the movie. And it's like literally like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. are you falling asleep on part of the movie of like what's actually unfolding? Yes. That's, you can't sleep through the bomb. It's very loud. No, the bomb is very loud. <laughs> yes. Well, well. It's 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 fascinating too, just because he's a very complicated figure. I mean, mm-hmm. he basically ends up becoming one of the voices on trying to end nuclear proliferation uh, later. So he's he a guy to, who like, regrets, control right, it and like create a lot of regulation around it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's what? a sense of regret in that he yeah. made the bomb. Is there like a crowd pushing back against? For sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's a whole power yeah. dynamic, yeah. And about the movie now, because he's such a complex figure, you have these people, especially those who are like really strong on mm-hmm. non-nuclear pr- proliferation today, writing mm-hmm. and being like, this was too sympathetic of this devil, you know? And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. that's really easy to kind of paint somebody that way. It's mm-hmm. it's more interesting to see the complex figure. Yeah. So, yeah. I did a deep dive on some some of the history and somewhere I found like Oppenheimer said something like, um, even if we hadn't done it, it was an inevitable moment. Yeah. And that was kind of an interesting thing. Like there was such a race to it and like beating the Germans and beating the Russians. Right. But at the same time he was like, this is an inevitable thing, which is kind of why he argued to keep it the healthiest it could be. Right. If that makes sense. Like don't make weapons out of it, Mm -hmm. make it, use it for power and use it for electricity and, and, an energy source. Right. Right. Not like, uh, destroy the world. Yeah. It was almost theoretically the genie was out of the bottle. So people knew they were going to, it was, somebody was going to do it, you know? And so his argument was like, how do we do it in a way that's, I don't know. For the betterment of the the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It it makes me think of Mark Cuban had a quote that I appreciated as somebody who loves the humanities, but he's like, (laughs) we're, we're moving toward, I like you said, this moment of singularity. And he's like, the, what what we need is like less of a need of like engineers that are like, you know, can we do this? He's like, absolutely. We probably can do like whatever we like put it to. He was like, what's going to be really crucial is he's like, is the, the, those who study the humanities who are more interested in the question of, should we do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is this going to be good for right. human flourishing? Feels like a godly question. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Adam, you jumped into AI. Yeah. Um, and so let's jump back into that because that is a popular conversation for lots of different reasons. And one of them has to do with Universal and Google teaming up on some music projects. Uh, and so, and we were talking about this offline before we started recording, kind of what do we see happening with AI mm-hmm. and publishing, whether that is the writing of books, the writing mm-hmm. of music, kind of projects that are public in fashion and people consume and copywriting and all that kind of stuff. What are some of the implications we're seeing out there for these type of projects? Yeah, I think uh, I saw that article the other day and it's interesting because it's like it hasn't happened yet. They're just sort of in talks about it. But uh, friends in the music industry are, are already mm. like, oh, this is a terrible idea because basically they're they're looking at ways to license real people, but then create songs and music and content with AI. So, you know, you would have an AI generated song with Taylor Swift's voice on it or Adele or something. I don't know. And then probably end up being similar to streaming where it's like, okay, you get fractions of pennies on the thing. And mm-hmm. and then also there's this larger conversation, maybe you guys can chime in here, of like, is it good art if it's not there's not a human behind that? I don't know. I 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. So this is happening in writing as well, right? Mm-hmm. I just read an article about a guy who's like wrote I don't I don't remember the amount. It's like forty books, eighty books, something like that in a year, you know. And he was like bragging that his shortest one, the AI generated, and then mm-hmm. all he has to do is kind of go in and tinker with it, right? Mm-hmm. And he basically is saying, you know, my it, the one that took me the least amount of time it was like six hours or something, you know, a six hour mm-hmm. project to write a three hundred page book or something He's like proud. that. Here's what we need to know about what these AI content generators do right now. They kind of take the digested remains of original works Mm. and then cut them up and piece them back together and spit them out. So it's not creating truly original things, right? I think that's a misnomer. Basically, to write these books, this guy went on a self-publishing website and did like a web crawl where he gathered all the information from, I don't know, a million self-published books and then hits algorithm go. And that program chops up those stories and pieces them back together, right? That's the same thing with the text generators. It does Mm -hmm. the same thing. It's the same thing with the art generators. You see pictures and Mm -hmm. stuff that they can make right now, and they're really interesting. But you'll notice like, oh, that's from, Mm -hmm. you know, this painting. Or if you know anything about it, you can actually see that it's just pushing things together. Why am I bringing that up? I think... What that kind of causes us to do already is you start to hear these arguments that demystify Mm -hmm. and dehumanize the creative process. And it sounds something like this. Well, isn't that just what humans are doing anyways? So the the engineer, no offense again to the engineer, but the engineer wants to say, well, aren't we really just doing that? We're all just kind of chopping up works Mm -hmm. we've done Mm -hmm. and all that. And I'm like... I want to shake my fists in poetry at the heavens and say no and say that's not all that we're doing. Are there influences? Of course. But there's some spark, some human spirit. We're not pooping out, you know, uh, just things we've digested. That's not mm-hmm. what we're doing when we create something. There is there is something unique happening. And yeah. when we start to make arguments that sort of, I don't know, um, turn the human into a machine mm. – you you are you are not seeing humans in God's image. And so mm-hmm. I would argue very strongly that we need to resist the temptation to justify the content that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would just say the writer strike too that's happening with the um, with the, the, the sag. Yeah, the sag, the writer strike for for whatever movies and, and stuff. And the, a big piece of that is saying we don't want you to use our AI likenesses. And so yep. they're like they're saying no, you shouldn't AI generate scripts and you can't the same way this music mm-hmm. thing's happening. Mm-hmm. You, you we don't want you to be able to use like Margot Robbie's picture or whatever to like act in a movie as an There's AI There's a lot of legalese person. that's yeah. probably going to happen yeah. Yeah. next that's year. Wild. It's yeah. it's wild to think about. I, I I think I've said it on here before but just Thinking about this content generating future, I don't know about all all AI, but this future, it's so boring to me. It's mm-hmm. like it it will literally if you think right now the algorithms that feed are the things we want to see back to us make us a narcissist, just wait until at the push of a button, a hundred thousand of you know, a hundred thousand books can be f- dumped into your email at the push of a button that are just, you know, directed right at the, give us your top hundred books. Here's 100,000 that it literally takes one minute to just, you know, plop them out to you. It's like, golly, dude, how it's boring, you know? Here, here's what's, here's what's hard because I agree with you and this is, I'm afraid that it can work. Oh, it'll work. Like, oh, it's already but, not, but not even just work, but like the, the, 
people will love it. Cause like when I, even when I think about music, like I think about one of the things that disheartens me the most. I mean, even as I was talking about, you know, the music and albums before, like there's, I'm a person who like, I hear an album, I love it. And then my first instinct is like, especially if it's an artist I don't know, or even when I do, mm -hmm. like, I want to know what was behind it. What happened in their life? What like story? what was the story? And nothing disappoints me more than when I love a song. And then like, I list, find the, the artist interview and they're like, so tell us about this. It was whatever you want to be. I don't know. I just wrote it. Yes. Like it didn't mean. And I'm like, <laughs> what a waste mm -hmm. of a great song. You know, because I'm hungry for that. Yeah. And then there's like, I feel like there's there's just a, a, a rising uh, listener base that just could care less about that. And they're yeah. like, I just want, I think of a person like, man, I just want, like, how cool would it be to hear like a Michael Jackson Prince album collab? Yeah. That would be dope. And like, you and press, it'll sound awesome. And you press the button yep. and it spits it out. And it's like, there's a part of me that's mm -hmm. like, dang it. That would be cool. That would be kind of cool. And <laughs> yeah. it, like, even in my own, I'm like, no, that's against everything I stand for. And right. I'm just mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. but man, what if we could do that? And yeah. I, I like, I, that part of me is like, it scares me because it's like, not not only am I like, man, I'm opposed to it, but I'm like, if they, if they do it and like the legality around it doesn't protect the artist, it'll work. Or even just the naivete of the artist who you know, doesn't own their likeness and their master and mm -hmm. all those things. And they're just, they're creating music and hoping the best. And then you just get taken advantage of in that way. And it's, I think what the result of this will be, will be the continuing skyrocketing of mental illness mm -hmm. and yeah. all those things. Because I know, that's, let me make the connection. I, mean, I know you're like, wait, what are you talking about? But it's like, we like what we like, right? Mm -hmm. So even yeah. think about like music. You're like, oh, I want to find every artist that sounds like that. Or how many times have you like mm -hmm. looked a movie mm -hmm. up and you're like, dude, similar. I want any movie, similar deals, right? And it's like, what's actually good for us is discomfort. What's actually good for us is new, strange, mm -hmm. unique experiences and those kind of things. It mm -hmm. keeps us growing and it keeps us rubbing those difficult parts off. It's the iron sharpening iron pieces. Yep. And so there's all these books coming out right now that talk about how important it is to be uncomfortable, right? Hmm. Uh, make yourself do really uncomfortable things. And because we live in a world that's saying, don't ever do that, don't ever do that, only what you like, only what feels good, only what you, you know, and it, that is part of the reason anxiety is skyrocketing because mm -hmm. we're fragile now, you know, and I don't, I'm somebody who struggles with anxiety. I'm, this isn't like a, uh, I'm not making a character assassination thing. I'm yeah. saying like, we don't know how to exist in a place where we're not like, this feels very familiar, you know? Yeah. It's got to always feel right, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if if all, even the things we consume now are all just things tailored directly mm -hmm. for us, we're not going to know how to exist in a world where it's like, that's a differing opinion. That's yep. a different sound. That's loud. I don't like loud, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's going to, it won't simply be likes and dislikes. It's having mm. a spiritual, mm. psychological effect on us. Similar, yeah, yeah. It's like you don't have to endure your favorite artist like doing that new thing. It's like, man, I, I like the old Drake. Right. You could just have the old Drake on <laughs> all repeat the time. all the time. Yeah. 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 Part of it, I think, what frustrates me is, uh, is the economic motivation. Oh, man. Mm. Um, because I think there is this element of like, there are yeah. some really cool things that could happen and we might really like those really cool things. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing that Purple Rain shirt. I I'm know. Like, Prince. If I could have more Prince, <laughs> you are I would take it. Great. The, the people but can't see it, but... They can't see it. I have a Purple Rain purple shirt rain on shirt. from Target. Um, <laughs> and But it is that the reason 
you know, that you'll publish books with AIs because it's cheaper. Right. Yeah. And I can get more content out. The reason that you will do likenesses with music and collaboration is because it's cheaper and I can get more music out. Right. Like we're trying to produce more content for lower costs Mm -hmm. to make more money. Mm. Um, And good observation. That's the big system. You know, so it is. It's like Mm -hmm. we are and we're being fed. And this is this is the. This is what we talk about. This is a need for us to be aware of the waters that we live in and the cultural narratives that we're being fed is that it's being wrapped up into this really beautiful package. Yeah. But by the time you realize that the box is empty or that it's not good for you, it's far too late. Uh, mm. And, you know, it, we've talked about this on another uh, conversation, but just that we are, and one of our, our guests was talking about how we forget we are overly um, optimistic about mm-hmm. technology in the front end and don't realize the back end implications of it. And that with AI, that we would have those eyes that it's good and frustrating, but what we give into and what we consume and what we give our money to is also supporting things. And those are those the things that we want to support. And really, that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're supporting, in some sense, can, not always, it's complicated. We're not trying to live in extremes. Uh, but in what ways are we saying, we want the dehumanization of people so that mm-hmm. we can have a cheaper product or a quicker product yep. or something that just gives me what I like to listen to. Yeah. It's Is like it- wait until you hear that story of your favorite artist who just went bankrupt and yet his likeness has is like number one on the charts mm-hmm. and he, mm-hmm. he's reaping nothing from it. Like that's going to be a sad reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that used to happen a lot, actually. Beethoven. But I'm just like, imagine how much more, right? Like, yeah, but it'd be exponentially mm-hmm. higher. Yeah. It, is it not just that like technology is the tree of life? Because it's the all knowing, all power giving thing that you're like, yeah, I want to bite of that. Yeah. And then it just is destroying you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think so. I think it's a, it's a, it's the gar- the the promise of mm-hmm. the serpent in the garden. You can be like God. Mm-hmm. You can have everything. You can Google anything. At, anything literally right at now. your fingertips. All-knowing, you know, yeah, you can have everything you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all know that's a lie, you know. Right. But, but it does, to your point, Ty, it, it, at least in the immediacy of it, delivers on its promise. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, Prince, and, you know. It's, yeah, you, you get lost in it. Yes, it's pleasing <laughs> to the eye. And yeah. Yes, uh-huh. you get lost in it. Adam, you talked to us about these UFOs. Okay, this just freaks me out. I don't know. I don't, maybe that's more it. So I'm just paying attention. It is very interesting. So there is a whistleblower who's come out, but Mm -hmm. previous to this whistleblower coming out, there's also been some Freedom of Information Act requests and others Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. forward who have basically claimed that there was a secret, we know now that there was a secret UFO um, kind of information gathering program like the the blue book program i think that was happening in the 60s i think that was the name of it by the air force that was gathering information about Mm -hmm. ufos so people kind of thought the government got out of the ufo business but what we realized is they actually were still in it um Mm -hmm. trying to gather information about it so we know at least that that is true that they were looking into it and looking into reports uh but what's new is some of the revelations that come out so they have now acknowledge the government has acknowledged that there are objects that they don't know what they are and they're calling them uaps that's a new word Mm -hmm. for ufo unidentified aerial phenomenon i think is what it stands for i could be something like that yeah could be wrong about that but well they're like not just flying thing that was kind of the 
They're not just they, flying. Uh, they're in the water as well. Yeah. So they're going in the water and they have them on video. If you've seen yeah. them, they got these Tic Tacs, they got these things. And, and they're um, no longer just calling it an object. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's something. Yeah. It's so yeah. They, I'm they, not a conspiracy theorist. Guy, right. I'm just saying. So, so then you have a whistleblower come out and he basically says, we have craft, we have the pilots of these crafts. You also have scientists that we saw a few, a little while ago who did, it was at a government conference who was saying we have materials that are extra earth or origin in nature. So they're not from the earth that we've recovered. we've found before. This thing we've found isn't, but it could be a meteor or whatever. They don't know, but it's like, this is a purported Mm -hmm. crash site site and we have material that isn't from here. So you've got all this information coming out. Here's some questions, right, that I'm just posing. What I believe is it's all a government misinformation ploy to Mm. keep our technology secret. That's what I believe because I don't believe in aliens. I'm sorry. But, But it's super useful. It's super useful to have this other story out there to mask what's going on. So like here's something that's really interesting that most people don't know. We had the stealth fighter, which Mm -hmm. that came out in the first Gulf War, which was early 90s. We had that in like 68. And nobody knew. And nobody knew. And if you look at that plane in the 90s, it looked super futuristic. It was like, what is this thing? How is this even possible? And 30 years earlier, we had it. So you have to ask yourself, the best technology we know of now, which some of it's insane, we're probably 30, 40 years ahead of it Mm -hmm. in the secret kind of black op budget world. To to the the public, public excuse me, to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my take personally, and but it's a philosophical one. And then I don't think, and then the only, let me just add a couple caveats in here. Sorry. Okay. I also think they're the outsized amount of reports that happen in the U.S. show me that I think it's a cultural phenomenon. So if you look mm-hmm. at all reports, not that there aren't some credible, I'm saying that with air quotes, reports that are coming from other countries, but like 90-something percent of all UFO sightings are in the US. If this was truly aliens visiting us, the narcissism it would take <laughs> for people to believe, well, they're only visiting the US basically, uh, is just a little too, it begs too many questions for me. So at, when I see that, I'm like, hey, this is a cultural phenomenon more than anything else. Mm. So that's why I don't believe in it. Also, uh, until, I'm sorry, guys, I'm a Christian, until, you know, there are beings walking in front of me. I'm going to mm-hmm. have a hard time believing it. There are also Christians who believe that these things are actually angels. Spiritual. Yeah, it's a spiritual, yeah. visible manifestation. Um, and if you want to walk down that road, mm. you can we go can. down it. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so I just to say, there's some really interesting things happening right now with a whistleblower coming out and giving this yeah. information. Yeah. And I think it's something that Christians actually have to grab. Gra- grapple with because Mm -hmm. if there are beings truly intelligent beings that come from another star who come here and say we've never heard of god i think that poses problems for christianity Mm. so that's why i think we just disciple them (laughs) right or are they made in god's image because they're not human like there's a very huge is god's image intelligence is it human being i think it's human being so i think there's really hard questions that come from all this and i think Mm. it's the reason it's important to bring up is because there's a lot of christians who like to play in this water Mm. because it's interesting and i think it's interesting too and it's fun to imagine heavenly beings that talk back to us but guess what that's already real 
yeah. those things are called angels. Yeah. And so if you're into UFOs and stuff, let me just tell you, go online and mm-hmm. look up what did the what what did real biblical angels look like and watch that YouTube video <laughs> and freak out about that for a little bit mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those things were insane looking. So anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. That's my the spiritual going one. off the rails for a minute. Mm. So what you're saying is that you're going to head up the UFO Discipleship Task Force. You got it. Okay. I the, the, ti- the titles. Adam that is, is your guy. The, the hip-hop resident. Theologian. <laughs> the director of UFO <laughs> Discipleship Initiatives. Here's what's true. If any of that was, you guys know I struggle with anxiety. If, if a UFO <laughs> lands in front of me. If the world ends like that, don't go to Adam. In, yeah, I'd Who's be Who's not going to be present is yeah. Adam. <laughs> I'm not there. So. Anybody seen Adam? Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, he's, gone. He's, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> All right. We are going to land a plane, wrap up our conversation by giving you guys a little preview of what's coming on this season. We have some really fun conversations. Resident hip-hop theologian, Tamarcus, can you let us know what we'll be talking about? As we open up this episode, talking about our upcoming season, right, recovering a community and human dignity in a post-pandemic world, um, we get to have some really cool conversations with folks who are really thinking about these these questions that we'll be asking. So some of that will be revolving around, uh, you know, what does the, the future of work look like mm-hmm. these days? What does it look like to uh, be in relationship with one another, or even involvement in church? You know, so many things are... Uh, going online and moving from uh, being in community? How does that affect the way we develop friendships or meet future spouses? Uh, How has some of the uh, cultural conversations that have arisen since then been engaged with, whether it's around gender or whether it's around uh, sexuality in various ways? And so there's there's a, a slew of uh, great books and research uh, with some authors that we'll get to to dive in and and talk with them, or just great thinkers who have been thinking about uh, some of these questions over the past couple of years. And so, uh, really excited to roll those out. And so, you, if you haven't already, this is my like YouTuber pitch. You know, hit that subscribe button, <laughs> smash that like button, leave us a comment, five star review, five star review, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can stay up to date on all of uh, what's coming up on Culture Matters. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from The Good Podcast Company. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Drop a review or message us on Instagram. You can also check the show notes for more information on how best to connect with us and our guests. See y'all next time.